I am excited, excited, excited because the more I come on here, the more I learn about how this industry can be so exciting. My subject today, how did I get selected for a job I was not qualified for? How do you do that? How do you get selected for a job you're not even qualified for, but they select you anyways? Yes, well, we'll stop talking about that. It has to do with the word attitude and having a positive one. As a matter of fact, before I tell my story, I'm not sure if you know John Maxwell or not, but John Maxwell tells a story similar to the story that I'm going to tell you about um, when he was uh, young and got one of his first jobs in a grocery store or didn't get a job at a grocery store. He talked about how he um, applied for a job, him and a friend, and the hiring manager said, okay, uh, you guys, follow me to the back of the store because I want to go get something. And they followed him to the back of the store, and then they came back up front, and John Maxwell's friend got hired, and he didn't. John Maxwell's uh, been rated by Inc. Magazine and a lot of other places, the number one leadership and management expert in the country and, and pretty much in the world. But anyway, so he was puzzled why his friend got hired and he didn't. So he went back, he was so puzzled, he went back to see the hiring manager and asked him why he chose his friend instead of him. And the manager said it was simple. He said, when I asked you to follow me back to the back of the store, you kind of lagged behind, but your friend was right step for step with me, and he was full of pep and popped in front. He says, as a matter of fact, you, you were kind of slow. I, I need people who are there, who are ready to go. And uh, he learned an important lesson about that. It was the attitude that he portrayed at that time that made the difference. So on that attitude, let's talk about attitude. Um, you know, I've got this, this poem about attitude, but I think I'll tell the story and then the poem will be even more powerful. It was when I was in the Navy Reserves back in 2012, I think it was. And I had been, uh, uh, I, they had this thing called a um, um, overgrade waiver. What happened was they had, a, at, at that time, I was an officer in the Navy, Navy Reserves, and they had a surplus of senior officers and a shortage of junior officers. So what they did during a period of time, they allowed the senior officers to fulfill junior officer billets, and they would pay them for it because they, they needed it. Any of the jobs done. So I applied and I got selected. Now, you have to understand that the, the Navy has three distinct communities. There's naval aviation, that's dealing with the planes. There's the shipboard Navy, that's the ships. Then you have the submariners or the submariners. And they're really tight, knit group. 
you know, you're either one or the other, uh, and they all stick together. So it turns out I was part of the surface community, but I applied for this program, and I got selected for the Submariner community. I was like a fish out of water. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so anyways, it was halfway through the year, and if you know anything about the reserves, they normally do one week in a month and then maybe two weeks every year. So it was already halfway through the year, and I got part, became part of the Submariner unit. And I'm thinking, okay, it's already June. It's two days a week, which, you know, the only three or four months left. It's like there's no me, need me learning all this submarine stuff because by the time September comes, I'm going to be out of here anyways because I just overgrade waiver till the end of the year. So I'll just learn the administrative side, not really all, learn all that Samaritan stuff. So like has it, we go through the end of the year, and I'm helping out and excited and helping them out and stuff. And then when September came, and it was, I was thinking I was going back to that non-pay status, and the captain of the unit said, hey, we like you. We're going to sign you up for another year. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll stay in the unit for another year. I'm going to get paid. You know, my wife, she's worried about, yeah, you got to get paid. I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I enjoyed working with the Samaritans so much so that I even went on one of the exercises and I had a great time. I learned so much stuff working with the Samaritans. So picture this the following year in March, I'm out doing yard work. My phone rings. It's a commander from the Submariner unit. He calls and says, hey, I'm looking for Commander Dodd. They said, yes, this is he. They said, Commander, we'd like for you to run one of our exercises in June. I'm like, what? Me? Why do you want me to run an exercise? I said, Who's, I've only been on one of your exercises. I'm not sure exactly what to do. He said, look, we went to your XO, which is the second in charge of the unit, and we said, if we were to put someone in charge of a unit, who would you choose to do that? And of the, all the subparameters in our unit, of which it was about 30 or 40, he chose, he said that I would be the best one to run the exercise. I said, oh. I said, well, okay, if the XO said, I can run the exercise. I guess I can run the exercise. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. Oh, don't worry about it. We're going to put a senior enlisted guy in your unit who has a lot of experience. He'll be right there to guide you in case you need any help. I said, okay. But um, I've got something else. I, I told him I only had been in one. He said, yeah, well, the exo chose you. So if you want to do it, we'll we'll make sure that you're, you've got the right people around you so that it works out. I said, okay. And it was great. It, it, it worked out. You know, senior kind of ran the things. And I um, did my part. I, there were some things I needed to do, and I did them. But what happened? Why did they select me? I was, I was, I was out of my community. I only went on one of the exercises. And the key, the key, more times than not, is attitude. When you show that positive attitude, it's contagious. 
when people want that, they need that, they crave that. I have a poem that I wanted to share that talks about attitude. It said, the power of attitude, our lives are not determined by what happens to us, but by how we react to what happens to us. Not, what, not by what life brings to us, but by the attitude that we bring to life. A positive attitude causes a chain reaction of positive thoughts, events, and outcomes. It is the catalyst, a spark that creates extraordinary results. Positive attitude. You know, I, I would talk to my friend who uh, managed the team I was on before I uh, uh, got a new job because it was kind of challenging there. So, um, so my, um, I always tell my friend, when you're hiring people, you need two things. You need to have someone that shows up because you can't do anything if no one's there, no matter how good they are. And they got a good attitude. They get along with people. Everything else can be taught. You can't teach that. You want them to show up, you have a good attitude. You want to know, take it a step further? Stu McLaurin of the uh, tribes talking about um, groups and memberships. And he talks about attitude being like a cancer that you just want to pluck it out as fast as possible before it spoils the rest of the grapes in the group. Because attitude is so critical. Positive attitude makes all the difference in the world. I, mean, I told the story the other day about because of positive attitude. Um, when I was in Iraq, the guy stopped me, scared me to death. You know, guy grabs me by the arm and said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I'm like, what? What do you mean what's wrong with me? He said, every time I see you, you're smiling. And this was after a year being there. You see, there's a law called the law of polarity. And when you start to begin, begin to understand the law, then you realize, just like this said, life is not determined by what happens to us, but by how we react, how we react to what happens to us. You can take a bad situation and make it good just by the way you you approach it, your attitude. I'm not even sure if I shared the story before. When I started running, uh, the church I work at, um, and I am uh, a part of, they have six high-definition cameras. Now, they had these senior people that always ran these cameras, but I was interested in it, and I wanted to learn how. I'd come in early, and I'd track people across the front, trying to focus and trying to figure these cameras out. And finally, I did it. So then what happens? You know, I'm on uh, two, three Sundays. Then I'm off a Sunday, two, three off. Also, I'm off three Sundays. So what's the attitude? They don't like me anymore. Maybe there's someone better than me. Maybe I've got a problem. Is that the attitude that you need to take? You know, I thought about that. I'm like, you know, this is a service that I'm providing and I'm blessed to have it, and that I will be used when they need me. And the attitude is not, well, why didn't they pick me now? It's like, 
it's important that I spend time with my family. And that was it. And it became more, it became just as important being on the camera as being off the camera. Because I started to really enjoy sitting by my wife. You see, sometimes we get so so involved with things. It even happened at work not too long ago. I remember, you know, I was out because I was sick and then work got uh, placed on someone else. And I started to get these thoughts in my mind. Something's wrong. They don't like me. And I had to dismiss them quickly. Because I, that self-talk, our mind develops. It, it, it always goes towards the negative And you start having these thoughts about, no one likes me and I'm not good enough. When all it was was they needed someone, I wasn't there, so they found someone to do the job, period. There was no back thought about it. The lady needed help. I wasn't there, so she gave the work to someone else. What would you do in that situation? Same thing. Don't get so hung up on yourself. Relax and get back. You know, yesterday I talked about not giving up. That's what my group's all about. Um, pound ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And one of the things I talked about is never giving up on you. You may give up on you, but I will never give up on you. And the second part of that is positive attitude. It said it's contagious, like a spot that creates extraordinary results. You know, one of the problems I have sometimes because I'm so positive is that people think I'm fake. They think this guy's putting on an act. And then after a couple of weeks, they realize he's still full of energy. They're like, maybe this isn't an act. Maybe this is the way he is. I, um, I didn't think about it until just now. Um, I had a diary that I had put together for people to write notes just before I left Iraq. And I remember one lady said I had more, more energy than her whole family. <laughs> because I was part of the, uh, the, this, the uh, gospel choir, but I just enjoyed helping. And I was very energetic. And, and as a result, she wrote the note. She said, he's got more energy than my whole family back home. <laughs> Positive attitude. When you have it, you're like a magnet and people, you draw people to you. Part of that law of attraction that I talked about. But see, think about it, being part of a group. And each time you flip it open and see me there in the morning, there I am. You've been beat down the night before. You know, the car broke down. Your boss said you had to stay late. And then he cussed you out because he didn't like what you did and, and had red marks over and asked you to do it again. And you were feeling lower than dirt. You went home. You read your, your scriptures. You tried. You forced yourself to read something positive, even though you were feeling bad. And then in the morning, you get up. You say, oh, yeah, I need to pop on the computer, look at the group for a minute. And boom, there I am. Hey! How's it going? Hang in there. One more day. Just one more day. One more step. And you're like, oh, there he is. 
I want to give up. I can't. And I, I said that yesterday. I told you, my, my mentor, what makes him so powerful is he's always there. Even when I get distracted, my phone will bing, bing. There he is. There he is. Dave Gamble. Dave Gamble. His name is always up there. Always there. Always positive. Always pushing. How can I stop? He won't stop. I can't stop because I've got that. I've got that force behind me. It's like this guy knows something I don't know. You see, we all, we're only as good as our own awareness. And people who are further ahead can help you. And I know that. So I just keep taking that, you know, keep taking a step. You're doing good. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. Step it up. Keep it going. Yes, something's happening. You see, there's also the law of gestation. And that says that things happen in their own time. But they're not going to happen if you give up. So we don't give up, do we? See, that's just it. I'm going to put um, put a little thing in there for you to, to have. Just a little something about um, seven valuable... Uh, seven mindsets for success. I'll put that down there and then you just uh, give me an email and you get that free copy of that because in the next week or so, I'm going to put this group together and I really want you to be a part of it because this is really, really starting to be exciting. Not necessarily for me. You see, I've always had this, 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 this energy to help others. And you think about this, 7 billion people in the world and me coming on here, I'm finally reaching those who need my voice. I always knew I could do it. I just didn't have an audience, but you're my audience and I'm here to help you. Trust me, you will succeed. I've got such a strong passion to help. One of the things I talked about, the seven levels. And my main thing is to impact the world in a positive way. How do I do that? By impacting you. And how do I impact you? Because when I was young, I had a mom. Not many people have this. I had a mom. And I and she may have favored me a little bit because I have a brother and two sisters. She used to always say, son, you are so smart. You can do anything, anything you put your mind to. Can you imagine a mom mother telling you that day in and day out to this day? She tells me that. You can't help us succeed with such a strong force, but not everyone has that. I've been blessed. I want to share that. When you think you can and you won't, you really can't. And to, to learn from Paul Martinelli and to have the right energy, the right force. See, we're spiritual beings gifted with an intellect. We live in this physical body, and it means we give off energy. And we're either attracting or repelling. And the way that energy goes, we can control that. And when we learn to reprogram our minds in a positive way, we can attract and, and become and do anything, anything 
that our mind can conceive. Where if you can conceive and believe, you really can achieve. Everything's made twice. First in our minds, and then through the transformation process into reality. This computer that you're looking at, the glasses that I have one was in someone's mind, and then it materialized. This shirt I'm wearing. The boards on the wall behind me have been designed twice, once in your mind. If you can conceive it, then you can achieve it. God has given us all that we need to succeed. But we've got to, we've been, God, I, I, I hate to go too much longer, but we, we, we get beat down so much. And we need that positive force. And that's what I'm saying that this is this 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 group is that positive force to 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 give you that. I just thought of the movie Lucy. If you haven't seen it, it's about this lady who gets these the uh she accidentally gets these chemicals that are used that uh that a mother gets when um giving birth that's very powerful to help her to give her the stamina that she needs. Anyway, she takes a an over, a high dose of this stuff, and, and and she begins to change. And just before she ends, she says, "I have to force it in order to get the rest of that. We have to force the positive back in because we've been bombarded with that negative. We got to force it. And once we do, and it comes out, and we and our perspective changes, and our attitude changes, and all of a sudden things start getting drawn to us." in a positive sense. And then we're grateful. We're full of gratitude and we thank people. And then we, we, we get this tremendous urge to, to want to help others do what we did. Because once you do that, you realize it wasn't that hard at all. But when we're on this side, everything seems hard. What, what did John Maxwell say? Success is an uphill battle. It really is but you don't have to do it alone. That's the key. That's the problem I always tell everyone. Become a part of this group and you won't be alone. You won't have those moments where you're sitting there and saying, oh, I wish I had someone to talk to. You got someone to talk to. I'm here. The, the other people in the group are here to encourage you so that you succeed at what you want. Not what I want, but what you want. That's what makes me happy. God working through me to help you. Thank you. Like I said, the seven habits of uh, seven mindsets of successful people. I'll put it down there. Put your email in because I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you. I'll send you a note, a couple of notes. And uh, yeah, uh, get ready to go. Another week or so, and we'll put this group together and really start to change your life in a positive manner. Even if you've almost given up hope, this is the hope that you've been waiting for. Thank you. Have a good night.